to some it may be uncomfortable how much I talk about family and faith and issues that plague us because I think that's the way leaders need to lead. I think we need to be open with our people. We need to ask the next question. Mental health and addiction are largely misunderstood. We often struggle in silence, but there is hope for a better life. I'm Trevor Steinhauser, and this is Stigmatized. Hello, everybody. Today, I am thrilled to have my good friend, Mike Sipple Jr. here. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having us, Trevor. Yeah. Um, business leader, thought leader, master networker, humanitarian, and a good friend of many. Uh, it means a lot for you to come down, and you've been gracious enough to have me on your podcast, Talent yes, Magnet Institute podcast. Uh, so, no, this is this is exciting. Um, I don't know how you, I'm sure you're looking for a cloning operation to figure out how to get more of you because I don't know how you do what you do. And <laughs> No, we've got some great people, man. Yeah. We've got great people. I say it all the time. It's, uh, it blows me away what our people get done and how we get it accomplished. So, yeah. Um, but God's given me a ton of energy too. So yeah. No, <laughs> I that's, to use it somehow. Yeah. Um, well, you're the president of Centennial Executive Search, founder and CEO of Talent Magnet Institute and the host of Talent Magnet Institute podcast. So you got a lot going on, but you also have a huge heart and a heart for the underdog. And uh, so we are here to talk about mental health and behavioral health. And uh, it is a vast topic, but I know we're both passionate about it. So let's just start with what, what I know there's been a big kind of uh, recent surge with all the civil unrest and COVID and, and everything about mental health mm -hmm. for you, what sparked that? Um, what sparked that in society or what has for sparked you, my, okay. Your, your interest yeah, in, yeah. in mental health. So, so it, it goes way back. I mean, I, um, you know, as we all say, every family has stuff. We all carry baggage. We all carry experiences um, in some cases that baggage, that's why we're family. We're supposed to be carrying it together. So, um, so our family has a lot of anxiety, right? There's, uh, something that comes with entrepreneurial spirit and type A personalities. Um, so anxiety has existed in our family. Um, so has depression. Um, and so, and that, you know, is emotional and mental and spiritual health. So, um, so it's always existed in my mind, right? I say the, the, um, you know, you always want to be careful with this word, but there are some silver linings in the chaos we've been living and that we're all much more vulnerable to have the discussions that I'm impacted to, right? And we've been trying to encourage leaders who have people responsibilities. I would, I can argue everyone's a leader because everyone has people watching them, right? Absolutely. Some people don't believe that. I believe that whenever someone's watching you and adults, we all have people watching us, um, you're a leader and you have responsibility. And I think it's been really important for us to share with our, our listeners and our clients and our colleagues and friends that be open about what you're experiencing, right? Because what you're experiencing with some depression and with challenge and no one wanted to experience what's gone on in the last several months. No one had it on their plan, right? No one was forecasting it and be vulnerable. And by being vulnerable, you may actually realize team friends and team members are going to come up to you and say, hey, thanks for sharing that. Because I don't know if you're aware of this, but I've worked for you for 17 years and I've been wrestling with this for the last nine and things that go on in my life. When my grandmother died, when my father passed away, when my friend came down with cancer, that triggered something in me, right? So it starts opening up and making us more human. And I lead very openly to some, it may be uncomfortable, how much I talk about family and faith and issues that plague us. Cause I think that's the way leaders need to lead. 
Um, I think we need to be open with our people. We need to ask the next question. We need to care why they didn't show up two days in a row, right? We don't need to make immediate response discipline. We need to make immediate response. How you doing? What's going on? What can I do to help you? So my family, including myself, um, you know, I'm on anxiety medicine, right? Because that's what some, there's a section of our family. We kind of joke like, because that's who we are, right? And, um, and I wrestle with this all the time, you know, as a high performing, wired as a high performing or individual who wants to do good, who um, so there's a phrase called empath. And there's a lot of people, a lot of friends of mine, they're like, you're just an empath. You care so much about things that most people don't even think about. Right. And I carry that burden with me for the world around me. And I want to, you know, thank God for that, but it, it is a burden and I've got to get help and I've got to get resources. So I talk a lot, Trevor, about our 3am friends. We've got to have friends who we know care about us. We've got to have, who's the is you're thinking and listening to this, who are the people that you would call when something happens at 3 a.m., right? And actually make the phone and call. And actually make the phone call, and they would actually pick up and say, what's up? Right. What's going on? Why are you calling at 3 a.m., or is everything okay? And, um, and I think we all, I always tell people, we all, I want to believe everyone has those, even when we're in our darkest moments and our you know, coldest of cold experiences, right? If you don't call one of us is what I always say, whoever I'm on the interview with, it's like, call one of us. That's who, that's who we are. Right. And, um, so that's kind of where this comes from, you know, a desire hurting people. There's a lot of hurting people. We're all one. We all have challenges and struggles and, um, and we need to talk about it more. Yeah. Um, we need to be, we need to, you know, this is why I was so excited about this podcast when you shared with me you were thinking about it. Yes, do this because we need to start talking more. I hope we all look back and say, you know what? 2020 was the year we talked about stuff that we should have been talking about all along. Because it's going to come. I mean, we're going to have a mental health crisis coming out of this. I mean, we already are really in one. You know, oh, we're, we're talking about one. going back to school and kids not being with their friends and the social aspects of not being together with your peers. Absolutely. And, and we're not made to isolate. We're not made That's to right. be in our rooms doing Zoom calls. And it, it is it, it, it yeah. will come to a head at, at some point. But yeah, yeah. And, and there's such a, a need for it. But let's let's blow all that out a little bit, <clears throat> what you just talked about. So. 3 a.m. friends, if you, you, when you whittle your network down, there's probably one a, hand, a handful yeah. tops yeah. that can really do that. And now friend, friendship is not all about just placating either. It's about asking hard questions and mm -hmm. doing the hard thing. I mean, when I was intervened with my sister and two dear friends, it took courage oh, yeah. for them to, you know, for this one person person to literally throw me up against the wall and say, man, we need to get you help. That's a 3am friend. That, that is a 3am friend because it's watching a dumpster fire. You know, you don't want to get, it's human nature. When somebody gets sick with, with cancer, it, the dynamic changes, That's but, right. but you have to push through and know what your duty is as a friend because friendship's hard work. Yeah. And they w went to bat for me. And, and when you're in a dark moment at 3am, you got to be able to make the phone call. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a real friend, right? And, and you're not going to be intimate with that many people who know you. My only challenge having seen and experienced friends go through deep depression and addiction and suicide, that there are a lot of people who don't feel that they have one. Right. You feel and like you're the only person you going like through it one. At, at, at that moment on yeah. the planet. Yeah. And, it's just, and we know it's not true. Right. But when you're in that dark place, it's hard to recognize it's not true. Right. Right. And um, and if we work more and are more transparent, and even with those that say, I want to be one, I want to be a 3 a.m. friend, you need to know that it is there is conflict, there is contention, and there is honesty and vulnerability that comes with this kind of role. Um, 
but letting people know you love them and you care for them and anything, I've got your back and then checking in. Um, but again, having gone through a friend, um, having experienced a friend in the last year and a half who committed suicide, there were a lot of people who would say they wanted to be that. I'm one of them. But we didn't know the darkness that was going on, right? And um, and so that's another thing to your question of why now, Trevor, that losing that friend um, has made me and several others in our marketplace say we've got to bring the conversation up. We've got to, in a positive way, kind of smoke out those that are suffering that aren't sharing this because it's not okay. We can't afford to lose lives. And there's a lot of lives being lost right now um, and always, right, with depression and mental health. And what can we do to save a life? What can we do to save one human who's a beautiful human who has the all of the potentials in the world, even if you don't feel like it, you do because you're human and we can accomplish a lot. Um, and having these conversations, we hope that there are people who say, you know what, thanks for being open about that because, yeah, I'm struggling. And that all of a sudden could be a, a human saved, right? right? Um, but yeah, you're hearing about it with children, with with adults, every, you know, there's an isolation right now that we've got to work extra hard to not isolate. We've got to work extra hard to be patient with ourselves. We've got to be um, work extra hard to bring gratitude to our day. But those are some of the exercises that I practice and that I share with others to practice. Like we've got to recognize there are good things happening. We just have to take pause and breathe in order to see it. Right. And what we're dealing with with mental health and behavioral health uh, is invisible. Mm -hmm. You know, the gentleman that you're talking about, your friend, I mean, you're talking about somebody that had on the outside every everything clicking right along. That's right. And it never just know. you just never know. So that's yeah. why getting this and people want to talk about it. But so leadership um we're talking about a subject where it's very uncomfortable for people. Yeah. We're in a dog, you know, in, in a lot of ways, corporately, we're in a climb the ladder, step over, step over my colleague to get the position. And even in leadership, like you said, you know, when somebody doesn't come in for two days, it's, I would say by and large, the reaction is what the heck. Yeah. Like you're letting me down or how dare you right. versus is everything okay? Yeah. And it's just our, our minds don't go to the empathic response when they should. So yeah. you, on the heels of losing your friend, you got with some local leaders and decided to start a series on mental health in your business. Mind your, what was it? Yeah. Mind your business. Mind your business. Yeah. So let's talk about that. How... How did that go? And I know it's it's an ongoing thing, but yeah, what, what was the? I know what the impetus was, but what was the design, and how has it gone? Sure. thus far. Well, and I want to be clear: we didn't just get together. We we uh, cried. Oh, um, oh, sure. Sorrowfully early on. I mean, it was amazing. The three individuals, um, uh, myself, Todd Wolkowski, and Joe Hoffecker, um I mean, we were in tears for days with one another on the phone. Like, what just happened? You know, like this, how? Um, to your point, we were not transparent because, unfortunately, we don't like to be judged, right? And if we can somehow remove this judgment barrier and just see people for who they are and what all they bring. I want all of your good and I want all of your bad and I want to work alongside and help make it better, right? What if we had workplaces who acted like that and organizations who cared so much that, hey, organizations have accessibility. Some people don't have as much accessibility as a total organization does. Use that accessibility to help the people that are in it because they may not have the same access that you do, right? Um, but our my only regret with the mind your business is that we didn't start this last year, right? Um, and when we saw the wave coming of isolation, um, we immediately got back together and said, if we don't do it now, 
we're never going to do this. Right. Um, so we reached out to um, our friend's family and um, asked their permission, to be honest, um, that here's what we're doing this. Here's where the motivation is coming from. And Brennan's name may come up in the process. And are you OK with us doing this? And they said, absolutely. Um, we are honored you would ask. Um, and both his wife and his father were on the first uh, webinar series, first first of the series that we kicked off, and I think at least the second, maybe the third. Um, and the goal is to use our access, use our platform to get people in to have conversations, right? I think the first one we had like 130-some people register. Uh, we're doing it through a business club and not knowing who would all respond and who's afraid to step up. So we kind of led boldly with our faces, with the brand, and said, this is what we're covering. You should show up, right? And people have shown up. Um, and having panelists like yourself on there, having coaches, having doctors, having attorneys and consultants talking about your lens to this conversation and getting people who people would look at in the business community, right, who are safe place and, you know, you never really know what's going on with people really in their heart and in their life, right? Let's put people that are pretty public, um, but in, in the local newspapers, not talking about real life stuff, right? Talking about leadership. I don't want to say real life, like the dark side of leadership, Um so we've been doing it and putting ourselves out there and saying, hey, yeah, let's talk about it, right? Let's talk about the transparency and why. And um, whether it's through addiction, um, you know, mental health that drives addiction, addiction drives, you know, like all of these things, loss and impact that we've all experienced, let's talk about it. So um, and that was kind of the impetus for it. It was let's let's talk about the conversations that we know everybody's dealing with just where's the safe place to have the discussion, right? And be one more. I know that a lot of your listeners are creating safe places to have the discussion. You're creating a safe place on this podcast to have the discussion. And this is just one more angle to bring the barrier down and let people be more vulnerable, open, hear, learn. And um, and the response has been positive. I Again, I feel like we're just one little piece of the the puzzle. We're just one little string to the tapestry, right? And we've got to do it more and have to move more. We've also been really encouraged the stories we've heard and the organizations that are doing things actively for this discussion and utilizing their leadership as the example and saying, here's a way you can. What I've really enjoyed about it is everybody's like, hey, I'm here to help. If you have questions, you're curious, like, how do we cross this divide in our workplace, all of this? You know, we've got speakers and people who have been talking about it that are like, hey, let us come in and help you. Let us help you. Let us help you move this forward and create this environment for your team. Um, so we're hoping to continue it and um, and just keep the series rolling and as much as people stay engaged with it um, and hopefully come back and write some you know, op-eds and additional things just to uh, bring more people to the conversations. And it and it starts with a safe place. It starts with these little pockets of safe places. But mm -hmm. the goal is for this to be a universally open discussion, mm -hmm. especially in business. You know, we both have a, a heart for, for small, medium, and, and business just in general. But when you've got a topic that traditionally has been, ugh, mm. Like, I don't want to, I can't touch this. Certainly we can't talk about mental health at work. Mm. I'm a leader. I've got a business to run, you know, rank and file, but it's really not, no. that's really not the way that we need to go about it. And yeah. We need to break that stigma. Right. Right. We need to um, tear it up, crush it up and throw it away. That's not what people want. You want to create a high performing organization you create vulnerability. You create openness. You let let people know that you care what they're really going through. You want to create a high-performing organization. Don't squelch what's going on with individuals. Bring it out and help people work through it, right? right? And, and let people know I'm a place. I'm a place. I want you to be at your best. And that means all of you, 
not 20% of you, right? And, um, and that's the problem. I also see it as the opportunity for individuals who are bold like yourself who are willing to share, you know, there are things that I say that to be frank, sometimes my family's like, I really wish you would have checked with me on that before you said it. Um, but I'm like, Hey, this is my lived experience, right? I was in family therapy at a very young age to support one of my family members. You know, we used to go to children's hospital and we're in family therapy. I was probably like 11, 12, 13 years old. I don't say that to hurt a feeling, of a sibling, of a family member who I love dearly and would do anything for. I share that because that's my lived experience. And and we, the uniqueness is, um, we went as a family, right? So we didn't say, ooh, you know, I can't believe we're even doing this. It was like, no, this is what we do for a loved one, right? And um, And I know not everybody has that kind of support. So because I grew up with that kind of support, I need to be that kind of support, right? And if not me, who? So all of us need to take that attitude to the workplace. We need to take that perspective, in my opinion, that, um, you know, care about your people, really care about your people. If you care about your people, I say often, Trevor, if I'm an ambassador for my people first, and I respect them and I show them everything I can help them achieve and respect that we need mental health days. And we need, you know, we, our team just went through a major surge of activity. So I told the team, hey, take a personal day that's not tracked. And everybody kind of looked at me like, what, is that? what does that mean? I'm like, no, I'm not keeping track of the day you take off, right? Just do it, right? And, and I mean it. And therefore, as the leader, we have to do it too, right? Right, which isn't easy. So August twenty eighth, uh, my wife just last night was like, "Hey, you have a day off. <laughs> what is this?" <laughs> and um, and I, I'll admit, I haven't taken a lot of days off during the pandemic. Um, you know, I got a second wind when everything went down with the racial unrest and the multiple murders that led up to the additional murder of. George Floyd and some really uneasy that gave me the second wind to, I can't set it down. That's my problem. I can't rest and let everything kind of pass by. Right. And, um, and that's what wears me out. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm taking a day, um, and, uh, that might be easier for some. It's not easy for me. Um, and I fortunately have friends who are like, dude, are you okay? Because you were going hard, right? I mean, when was the last yeah. time you exercised? When was the last time you right. did this? And um, and we need to be those friends for people. Um, and I appreciate it. I appreciate that I have those and I need those in my life to keep me on track. I need a spouse and a loved one who, you know, kicks me in the pants too and um, encourages me. And, hey, you have a lot to be thankful for, right? Because as soon as there are some of us in this world... Um, that as soon as we achieve something, we're right on to the next thing that we haven't achieved, right? And that can be a problem too, to be very clear. Right. Um, and that's why I carry my journal. That's why I try to, I mean, there are so many things I'm thankful for this year. Some people say, the memes all say we should forget about 2020. 2020, we're never going to forget about. So if our view is always, I wish I could just throw it away, um, you know, you're always going to have this negative memory. Think about all of the amazing things that have come out of this year. And um, on the 28th, um, that's what I'm actually going to do. I'm going to start January 3rd. Um, my son broke his tooth at a trampoline park. And um, and I know that may sound weird, like how's that something you could be thankful for? But that created, that started the drama in our family because my son had half a tooth and it was, um, but you know, even how he rebounded, it was like, he quickly got over that lived experience and was like, Hey, my tooth is even straighter than the other tooth. This is awesome. You know? Yeah. Um, but we've had a crazy, it's been a crazy year and, but it's also been a year of a lot of good reflections, a lot of accomplishments that wouldn't have happened. A lot of good conversations with people and friendships and, Time, um, time and time with we your, have the with, gift with of your, time with your family and i think 
when if and when things go back to the 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 daily grind of normal you know quote unquote normal activity i think we'll we'll look back and say man hmm. that was nice in yeah. a lot of ways to, yeah. to be home and have your family surrounded by you you know sometimes it's a little much but you know yeah. by and large i mean it, it's it's time it was time to be together yeah. but that's that's hard to that's hard to to quantify when we're always thinking about the situation we're in at the time not yeah you know and human nature for some but i mean we tend to dwell on the negative and that has to do with our 24-hour news cycle oh, and, yeah. and i think about my kids and and yeah. how hard it is growing up today with social media and instant gratification and instant feedback that's not always positive. positive so yeah. i mean that's there i feel bad for them yeah. with with everything that's going on and getting yeah. can i play sports no i can't play sports i'm not going to be able to try out and, and just the, the the emotional toll it's taking on them mm -hmm. with not knowing what the heck is going on yeah. yeah i know i was just talking to a a parent yesterday at a football practice and she she said the same thing that I've said. Like she she was like, we took our the reason why everyone that everyone's buying puppies is because everyone's vacations were uh, taken away. So people are taking their vacation budgets and buying puppies. Um, and um, which your family did. Uh, which we got two of them. You got two yeah. puppies. Yeah, I knew you got a puppy. I didn't realize it was. Yeah, two we puppies. had to get two. We got two puppies for a reason, but we got two puppies yeah. and. We, I was talking to our friend last night, and she was like, you know, when my son gets a little upset and all worked up off of video games or whatever, I say, hey, come in here, and you need to hold your puppy for five minutes. And they got a puppy with their vacation budget, too. Puppies, animals, not everyone's a puppy lover, but animals bring joy. There's a reason why they're the man's best friend, right? And and that has actually helped. I mean, our kids are out running around the back, and they're in the backyard running around with the puppies. And um you know, again, for myself, my 6 a.m., 6.30 a.m. wake up calls with the puppies could be a real problem, right? Like, why are you barking at 5.54 in the morning? Um, or my wife and I now get up together and we actually drink coffee before our kids get up, which is awesome, right? right? And we get to talk and we get to, um, you know, we haven't done that. You know, we've been married 15 years and we haven't had 6 a.m. coffees together. And so that's awesome, right? That's something that's come out of this whole state of chaos and then throwing some puppies in the mix. Um, you know, those little moments, I, I will regret, Trevor. I know I will. And I've got to live through this. I've got to fight through this emotionally. I haven't taken a lot of time off, right? So people are like, oh, I've had so much fun with my children. We've gone to parks once a week or I haven't done any of that. Right. But I have been there. I have left early to pick up kids and move them around and hang out at practices and cheer them on and sit and watch them play Fortnite because kids love to show you how they play Fortnite <laughs> and how they're the best in the world. And you get to learn all the new words that they're that they're sharing. And, um, you know, and the, it, the isms we used to, you know, the the comments we used to make when we played video games have all changed. Kids have new words to say it's cool and. Um, things like that. So taking those moments, buying Legos, you know, my daughter is, um, loves Legos, loves building things, yeah. um, and taking the time and celebrating those little things, right. And making note of that, writing those down and saying, you know what? Yeah. What happened in April wouldn't have happened if it was this. And even with the racial unrest, the conversations we're having, most of the people who are of color, would say this has always existed, right? And it has. Um, each time something terrible takes place, more people lean in and have a conversation. I'm very thankful that in our nation and the world that we've not given up on these conversations. We are fighting through them and we are, we are standing up for equality and anti-racism movements, not to just talk about racism, right? What does it look to be different and to show up different? And, um, you know, those things are good. There's a lot going on with working moms and the emotion and behaviors around uh, gender equity that most people would say, I never knew that, 
right? Yeah, there's a lot of gender inequity that happens um, in the workplace. You know, unfortunately, there's been a rise of domestic violence. Some people would say, why is that? Um, you know, well, people are home together and they don't like each other. And there's some really bad people who are married there's to really good people world. and there's evil in the world. At least we're talking more and more and more and more about these. And hopefully it will create change. COVID, I mean, we literally shut the world down in two weeks. Changed everything, right? Companies who said, I'll never go remote are 100% remote. I believe that shows we can make change. We could create complete 180 on mental health in America and in our world. Something is stopping us from doing so. And I wish that didn't exist, right? right? We've shown we can shut down a globe overnight, basically. And why can't we change things for the better for all people? Why can't we get after things that we know exist and and make things not okay, right? To not talk about it, to not put money where we should, to not put resources. So hopefully this will highlight the areas we need to focus on as a nation and as a world and um, and make those conversations natural for us to talk about. Mental health is a key part of it. We all are struggling. We are all not where we thought we would be. And some people were just living the proverbial dream and hit the proverbial bus. Other people have been in that bus wrestling with life for a long time. And, um, and hopefully someone will go, wow, is this really how you feel? Huh, we should, we should get mutual help. Right. right. That's okay. Right. That's the key right there, yeah. Mike, is that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay. That's to, right. It's okay to struggle. It's and, and, but not talking about it is what fuels disaster. That's the part that, yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I mean, I, I am a very spiritual person and I think that, um, the Bible's clear that we're not going to live without conflict. Right. For some reason, our world wants to live without conflict. We're all going to struggle. We all, all of us have our challenges and problems. Um, that is what, you know, for me, that's what the Bible says. It doesn't say you're going to be just fine. And if you're not fine, then you're not fine. Right. No, that's not. So this attitude, this ego that drives our world um, to not talk about, we're not supposed to be, we're, we were never promised that life would be easy, that we would be okay. We were promised that we can have joy despite those circumstances, right? But, you know, conflict, it took me years to understand that conflict is okay. And once I did, it's like, wow, my relationships are getting better because I'm leaning into the conflict and not backing away and hiding from it, right? And, um, and it's, it's hard, you know, 20 years into my career, that probably took me 12 years to figure out. It's hard to get there. It's hard to get there. But, um, but when we start acknowledging that, oh, yeah, every discussion, I'm in the consulting business. Every project I'm in is somehow conflictual, right? And I need to be okay with conflict. So we all carry conflict and we all have emotional health that we've got to work through and we've got to talk about it. And a huge problem, like I mentioned before, is this 24 hour news cycle. And we have a very big cross section of people that are unreasonable mm. that hide behind a keyboard mm -hmm. and that spew nothing but negative about everything. And when you don't use, when you, when common sense and self-awareness and all that stuff is out the window and a lot of people are followers, so they see these mm -hmm. comments and they they breathe into it. Mm -hmm. So as much as they're leaning into conflict, we have so many people that are fueling it. That are fueling it, yeah. And, and they yeah. they sit there. They have I don't know how they have the time, but all the 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 negative comments 
I mean, yeah. you could go down a rabbit hole and, yeah. and, you know, and with our kids and they're, they're looking for feedback. And when they post something, oh, I only got two likes or mm-hmm. I only got, you know, you, you post something with substance and it gets two likes and then you post a kitten with a ball of yarn and it gets 10,000. I mean, every time. Right. So, <laughs> but I mean, that's hard to, that's hard to grind through. Yeah. But yeah. It, it, it's just a matter of, it, it's just a matter of, like you said, it took you 12 years. You know, I've been dealing with it for, forever. Things do get better when it gets messy. Yeah. It's just a matter of getting in there and, and working through it and, and accepting the fact that things are not always going to be pretty, mm-hmm. but we can't sugarcoat it and not talk about it, mm-hmm. because especially in business. Okay, so earlier in the conversation, you said, what if there were organizations out there that were utopian-like, mm-hmm. you know? In, in in talking about things and embracing mental health mm-hmm. and, and i know there's a, a few locally and uh i think it's getting nationwide traction slowly but what does that look like i mean what does a what does an organization yeah with with a eye for mental health and a heart for mental health and a openness i mean what what do, if somebody's saying well i really want to push for that what what does that look like? Yeah. So if that's where you want to take your organization, one is be a better listener, not a great communicator, right? Again, I think there's words that we've spun and so many corporate efforts. It's about, I've got to communicate more. We've got to communicate internally and externally. Um, I would argue you need to listen more and have the ability for your people to share feedback, Right. And to ask the right questions. Um, so that is definitely a big area. We just had a conversation with this Trevor with a um, chief human resource officer um, in town of 8451 in our membership platform. And they pulse survey on a weekly basis, real time to get employee sentiment. How you doing? What's going on? You know, and their feedback is that they found that people weren't taking vacation. Right. People are just working through it um, for whatever reason. And so they've they've really tried to have some fun with, you know, post your staycations and let's see what creative ideas you have. So taking action, listening to your people, having the ability for people to communicate themselves. But you listen as an organization. Ask how people are doing. Just literally have no agenda but that. If that's your only question at your next team meeting, um, how are you, how's everyone doing? And and tell me. And tell me. And then the. Candidly. And then the person who's asking, stop talking. Okay. Yeah. Right. There's been some comments that we've heard from organizations that like the great thing um, I had a CEO share with me and he was very, he was very worked up and emotional about this during our time with zoom calls. I've recognized how many people of who have the title, who have the seniority, are the ones who dominate the conversations when you're in the room physically. When you're not in the room physically, those barriers get dropped and the people who may sit in the back of the room may actually share their thoughts, right? And his comment was, I heard so much from people who I have not heard from in a while. Why haven't we heard from them in a while? Well, then you go, well, we always walk into our Monday meeting, the boardroom, everybody sits in the same place. Here are the five people who have the agenda and here are the ones who deliver it and here are the people who hear it. And then they walk out and the meeting's over and they're like, nah, that really wasn't, nah, you know, this is the same old, same old, right? How many people have heard that about their, their team meetings or weekly meetings where there's some barriers that get broken when it's not about the title. We're asking questions and listening. You've got to be more quiet when you're on zoom because you can't all talk over each other. You can't be having sidebar conversations with one another because that, that doesn't like there's a lot of learnings that have come out of this. Like, you know, let's listen to people. Let's not listen to just the people with the title who always lead the agenda. So think about that. You know, what can I do to be a better listener? Um, the other piece is accept your own experiences and recognize that you're not the only one. Right. So. If you're struggling with things, there are pe- we all are. Everybody has struggles. No one is faultless. No one is blameless. No one um, is perfect. So 
um, be open about your own, right? So listen and then be vulnerable about your own and share, hey team, I just wanna let you know what I'm going through. Here's what I'm experiencing. And because of that, I'm gonna take a mental health day or because of that, I'm gonna take a personal day or a vacation day because I haven't vacationed in the last six months. Um, and I decided, and then all of a sudden and say, hey, and it's okay if you all do too, right? So leader go first, leader lead well first, leader listen first, and all of a sudden everyone else is like, that's the real leader I want to follow. That's the kind of leader I want to follow. If you don't, when we get out of this pandemic and the market, it's starting to heat up, um, we're going to see a shuffling of deck chairs, right? People are going to shift companies. They're going to shift businesses because I don't want to be with a company who treats me like that. I needed to stay there to get through the pandemic because I need to provide for my family, but they're the first one I'm going to leave. If you're not good at helping take care of your people, your people will show you you're not good at it by leaving, right? And so many times we just blame people. Oh, I can't find reliable people or, oh, he or she wasn't, you know, no, you're just a really bad leader and you need to care about your people more, Right. right? So deal with this topic of mental health openly and with vulnerability and listen and all of a sudden you'll go man i got people who are performing at their best i have people who trust me and i trust them and oh look how our company's performing look how our customers are more satisfied look how our people are showing up they're less sick they're not taking sick days because they know they can take a, a personal day when they need to to ramp up themselves and they're taking care of each other and um And if you listen, they'll bring ideas to you that says, hey, you know, we have, I think we should do a financial class. There are a lot of people who are struggling with their finances or, you know, we need to take a smoking cessation class or what could we bring in to help our employees deal with school, working, you know, school and work or, hey, you know that server room we have that has 15 old computers? As an IT person, what if I came in and revamped those and we deployed them out to our employees? Imagine if we have a workplace who does that, right? And there are leaders who care about that. Um, you and know, everything you just described is not, this is not brain surgery. No. I mean, it, it is It is just humanizing the workplace. Yeah. And it, it's just yeah. people, we, we make, we naturally make overcomplicate things. Yeah. We overthink, we overcomplicate. And it's just not, like you said, it all starts with listening. Yeah. We, we, um, we believe at the Talent Magnet Institute and Centennial that holistic leadership means redefining success is not just about work. Right. And you can, you need to have your relationships healthy. You need to think about the community that you're in and that you're around, and you need to care about the whole life. So we talk about relationships, work, community, and life, reframing success and leadership. Um, I've sat with way too many leaders who think about, including um, my friend I referenced earlier, that are afraid to be judged and think about success all about work and that's usually where that's you know if you think success is only when you think the word success it's only about my professional life you should put a red flag up and say i've i've got a potential derailment and a potential problem here right and um and companies need to think about that too those who do are to become talent magnets those who do lead well those who do don't have retention problems because they, this person takes care of me. This organization takes care of me. And because they take care of me, I can take care of my family. I can take care of myself. And guess what? And I'm going to take care of them, right? You can't move me for X dollars extra an hour because this place has invested so much in me. I've never felt this experience before working for an employer. And that's the kind of employers we need. And that's the kind of people we all need to be. Um, do you think it's getting better? I mean, do you think that this, and it's, it's not just, I mean, it's been going on for a while. It's not just 2020, but I mean, do you think this push for healthy workplaces and and not focusing just on the bottom line, do you think it's slowly 
on a trajectory? I, I do, but I know there are still toxic people in toxic work environments. Sure. Right. And that's, um, but yes, I, I do. I believe in my heart that there are workplaces that are moving the needle and that are creating more impact. I also believe we all need to think about that's kind of the life and community component, the big impact that we actually, you know, that we're actually here to serve on this earth. Right. And, um, you know, you don't take profits with you. You need to be profitable to run a sustainable organization, but you can't stick all of your company profits and all of the things you've accumulated into your casket when you go. Right. Right. So, you know, I love the phrase I, I heard through uh, Todd Henry and Crossroads of die empty, right? Like if I'm here on earth, I need to give it my all and I need to care about the lives that I'm impacting. And because we have these conversations, because this technology of podcasting is growing and conversations are becoming more open and vulnerable because there's individuals like us who are willing to get behind this mic and talk to our audiences in a way that's very open and vulnerable. We're show setting example, right? And so yes, I think there are companies that are that are making an impact. I think it's uh, becoming cool to do that and not cool to be the opposite. Right? And you know, show me a company who wants to address their retention problems and we need to hire someone else. Because we just hire bad, you know, we need to hire more people. We have you know, all these bad people are just leaving. You know, we can't keep them. We can't hold on to them. You know, my question is, well, what's going on? What's the symptoms that's causing your retention problems, right? Because people genuinely want to find a place to provide for them and their family. So if people aren't staying with you to do that, my bigger question would be why, right? And, um, and I think because we're recognizing that more and more and we're verbalizing it, people are going, hmm, what could we do to help our employees who are working at home, right? What could we do to, I mean, you know, for most companies, they're, they're not going back in at all. So now, and I'm also getting a glimpse into your personal life. Oh, Stephanie has three kids. I didn't know that. And they're all school age. And okay, well. Does she have three devices at home for all of her kids to be on? Or, you know, Marcus, I didn't know Marcus had a, you know, a wife who worked in the home too. And, you know, how do they both work at the same time and they have a baby? Well, maybe I should ask, hey, is there anything we can do to work with your work schedule? That's the part of what we're living in right now that's making people ask these questions because yeah. you have to, right? And... um so, yeah, so I think it's the world's, you know, I want to think the world is becoming a better place. Um, and I think that the conversation and being open and challenging people to think differently is important. Right. And hopefully they listen to an episode of Stigmatized or they listen to an episode of Talent Magnet and go, I never thought about that. Huh. Right. Have we ever thought about that? Well, yeah, boss, this is the things I think about all the time, but you never ask me. Oh, right. One more and, and, mind opened. Exactly. And, and it's yeah. every, every day can be a change. So mm -hmm. you, you can always start over. And right when you hear that, like you say, another mind open and it's like, all right, line in the sand. Here we go. Yep. You know, and, you know, we think about how it's much more expensive to fire and rehire and retrain mm -hmm. than it is to just retrain. Yeah. So we need to be thinking about when someone is struggling or, you know, instead of going straight to the handbook, okay, infraction, this is your third infraction, bye. How can we rebuild or how can we accommodate or get someone help yeah. to make sure that they are performing at their best? Yeah. Not just, not just for the business sake, but mentally and and spiritually and, yeah. and whatever, yeah. you know, yeah, if because you I think, think we it. go, I think we go for the tactics of play by the book yeah. instead of humanizing yeah. the, the experience. Well, think about how many employee book, employee handbooks, Trevor, haven't been touched in 70 years or oh, 30 years. Only or, when you need to redo it. Right. And now you have to, you need to be looking at all of your policies because the world has changed. Um, hopefully we have the right attitude of like, what should, why do we have this in here? This doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, 
and I know there's some of that going on of policies changing and yeah, this isn't very equitable. Why does this look this way? Or, you know, why don't we do this versus that? I think the other dynamic though is if organizations took, like, let's say you have a quality problem or you have a sales problem and you say, okay, a hundred percent of our product is, has a quality problem. You're going to throw a hundred percent of whatever you got at this problem, right? So let's say that you look at your employee turnover and go, that cost us a million dollars last year. That cost us $4 million last year, right? We'll keep it in the small business, the medium-sized business category. Um, What if you took 10% or 50% of your employee turnover problem and threw it at topics that would help keep people, right? So what if all of a sudden your policy started changing because they were proactive, not reactive, right? Retention is lost money. When you lose someone, the money walks out the door. What if you did things up front to bring your retention down by helping your people be better in their life, bring their whole self to work? And, you know, well, we don't really want to pay for this service or that service or no, there are companies who are bringing mental health specialists into the workplace. They're also the companies I'm always fascinated by this companies who are bringing counselors and mental health specialists into the workplace are finding that the, the, the people who they quote unquote thought we would be serving isn't the only, are not the only people utilizing the services, right? Like, Oh, I had no idea there were seven people from manager up that, suffer from depression oh well they're human right and there's now an outlet and there's now an outlet so um so throw your shift the model from reactive expense to proactive investment and think about what are the things we could do what what are the things we can budget for in the fourth quarter or next year or the third quarter second quarter first quarter think about how we can split down our investments and go you know what what if we actually invested twenty thousand dollars in this conversation i've been in rooms in our city um, i know this podcast reaches people way beyond of of philanthropists in the city who are like hey if you're willing to do it i'll cover half the cost I'll pay for the first year of your mental health specialist because these are people who know that workplaces need help and employees need help. So think about proactive budgeting. You know, well, we got $4 million in turnover last year, cost and this, that, and the other. And hmm, what if we spent, if you spent a million dollars to make your workplace the most empathetic, listening, helping on the personal front organization, it will create a $10 million return. Right. I mean, that, that's, your that's where the, the that's your, where the rocket science thing is. Your customers will never be happier. Your people will love you. They'll never leave you, right? If you help them be successful in their lives, that's what we have to do, right? Um, and uh, not make it all about the work hours. I need your whole self here, so I'm going to invest in your whole self, and um, and that's what you know. That's what I try to profess all the time. I mean, right. that's the, I've seen it happen. I know it, ex, the experience lives. And when you do it, these companies and these employees are the most committed, loyal, and they're the companies that people need to talk about more um, of those who are investing in their people like this. Right. So on an individual, so let's get down to an individual level. And I'm so glad you brought this up this morning through the little uh, shout out you gave about some topics, but th- this is one that I-, I haven't talked about on this show. But personal strength versus willpower. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. so personal strength is something that that you have mentioned, um, but I believe that you know when someone is struggling, mm. when someone is going through a hard time, whatever it may be in their life. Mm-hmm. I think that dog eat dog mentality is suck it up, Mm. figure it out. You know, we all got to come to work. Not everybody loves what they do. Sure. Deal with it. But I think there, I think there is a difference between personal strength and willpower. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. um, when you're struggling with a mental health crisis, 
there's no willpower involved. Will is out the window, you know, but when you're given the opportunity to figure something out or understand, that's when personal strength and coping skills mm-hmm. can get you through. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Will gets back into the, the equation. What, what's your thought on, 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 on personal strength, you know, on an individual level for people that may be listening, that may be grinding it out in an unhappy life in an, inside of an organization. Yeah. So there's two things here. One, is it because of the organization or is it because of me? Right. And like, am I unhappy because I'm unhappy and I would profess I'm unhappy no matter what work environment I'm in because I'm unhappy. Right. And I think that's one thing. And if that's the case, if everything I touch makes me unhappy and isn't satisfying, then and that's just because that's where I am right now, then we need to seek help. We need to raise our hand. We need to seek help. We need to not be get over our ego that keeps us from asking for help. Right. Um, And that is it. I mean, we all carry ego and that's a good thing. That can be a really good thing. But ego can also ego and pride is also most people's biggest detriment. So get over your ego. You need help. Get help. Um, The other side of this is organizations experiences that you have can feed into unhappiness, but you decide whether you're unhappy or not, right? They don't, I can't make you feel something because I tell you to feel something. You have to feel it, right? So, so addressing that personally, super important. Um, I do tell people that in some cases, leaving an organization isn't the answer because anywhere you go, you're going to experience that. So it's how do you learn from that? How do you deal with the conflict? How do you manage through that, right? So I don't want to say every company holds all of the responsibility because I think the employee holds 100% of the responsibility Mm -hmm. um, for their own development and for their own happiness. However, I also think the organization holds 100% of the responsibility for their employee's life and bring in their whole self to work um, and ensuring that they don't have toxicity. And, you know, toxicity in many workplaces happens from the most highest performing people, right? That's Those are the ones that get excused to bring their toxic attitudes and behaviors into the workplace. Absolutely. Um, and usually the ones who are the most highest performing or are at the highest level, and that's not okay either. So judging, is this really me or is this truly this toxicity that I'm in in the workplace and I need to just get out of here, right? And, um, and getting help to get out is one option with workplace um, issues or, you know, start putting your feelers out to your network and, and leaving an environment. But I also tell some people, Trevor, that there may be a reason why you've been placed in this company and if not you who and if you're not the one who's going to lean into the conflict you may get removed from the conflict because some companies won't deal with someone pushing back on them and i say good for you at least you tried versus if you don't step up and into this toxicity and call it out and hold people accountable um somebody else is gonna have to deal with it right and because of our ego and pride and fear, we don't lean into it. So so I think this whole – now, the personal strength, if you feel like I am just worn out, you need to pull your parachute and get help, right? Um, you know, I think you can take yourself too far and then start blaming yourself for everything. But, you know, check ourselves first. What can I do to make a difference? How do I check my own heart, my own struggles, my own expectations? And um, and then who do you know? Who should I hold accountable in a caring, loving way? Because if the person you're dealing with doesn't feel like you're going to listen to them, and you're just going to deal with conflict by telling them everything they have wrong, that never got anybody to respond in a positive way, right? But if you build trust and build a relationship, now I can say, can I share something with you? That person can decide. You know what? I didn't like how you handled it, and I don't let anybody talk to me because I've got a big ego. And you're going to be let go, but you weren't happy there anyway. So, 
Um, but I, you know, I do think we need to address ourselves first, right? We need to be fully accountable for our reactions and responses. Um, and we also need to step in and say, Hey, you know, here's how that made me feel. I'll accept my feelings, but what you did made me feel this way and is making me feel this way. I'm not going to speak for the rest of my colleagues who might be experiencing some of the same. I'm going to speak for me. But when you do this, it makes me feel this way. And that's not okay. And if they don't like that response, so be it. Right. Um, but yeah, so the, the personal, if you're feeling worn down, worn out, and I do talk to people who feel like I just can't take it anymore. Well, you're already past the point of exhaustion. So it may be time to make a change. Um, you can't just grind because eventually that grind's going to wear you down and it's going to have a really negative effect on your personal health. Right. Um, and that's not, that's not where anybody needs to be. Right. Okay. Tons of good stuff. Uh, to struggle is to be perfectly human. I mean, that's, Amen. The, that's the, the bottom line it's all and, of us. And, and check your ego at the door, ask for help. But Mike, I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate yeah. everything you do. Uh, for so many people and uh, we just got to continue the march yeah thanks for having me on trevor thank you for all you do to the listeners of this podcast uh, thank you for following stigmatized yeah. um it's uh i was again from the time you told me you were doing this i'm cheering you on and um i it's on it's an honor to be one of your guests yeah okay take care thanks for listening i want to thank everyone that makes this show possible Production by Gwen Sound, artwork by Neltner Smallbatch, and photography by John Willis and Lindsay Steinhauser. Please subscribe, rate, and write a review. Visit our website for more information at stigmatizedpodcast.com.